Hi everybody, and welcome to So What Happens Next. I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> and today, Amber, you mind telling us what me and Patrick watched for this? They watch Full Metal Jacket. That's right, we watched Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. Alright everybody, so we're sitting here going to talk about Full Metal Jacket today. Um, personally, just to open up, I liked this movie. It was, I mean, I've always heard it's a good movie, but wow. I was, I've never seen it before this podcast. It was great. It did terrible in the box office. I could see that. But uh, critics loved it, and it's a cult movie now. Oh, for sure. So, get ready. Um, this movie basically is about, and Patrick, correct me if I'm wrong, this movie is about sort of what one soldier sees as he's being trained to be in the military to go to Vietnam, and then what he sees in Vietnam. Not just in the military, but the Marines. Yeah, specifically the Marines. They reference the Marines a lot in this movie. Um, yeah, Patrick has a few facts for us, so let's slap some of those down. For those listening, I'm going to give out my age, but, uh, <laughs> the movie came out the year I was born, 1987, directed by Kubrick. You can do the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Matt Modine, Vincent D'Onofrio, and R. Lee Ermey, rest in peace. Based on a novel, The Short Timers. Facts. D'Onofrio gained 70 pounds for the role. Still the most by an actor for a role. Emery was actually a former drill instructor in the Marines. And apparently came up with 150 pages of insults. Okay. I have notes about that, man. (laughs) I have so many notes about that opening sequence because the whole time I sat there, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, but before we hit that, because I think it'd be a good place, Amber, how do you think this movie starts? I'm not quite sure, but it's obviously a war movie, so I would assume it's about one person's experiences through world war two no it's no, vietnam. Vietnam. vietnam oh sorry it's <laughs> vietnam Which i, guess See, I completely know don't know what to expect um but it's basically about i don't know <laughs> well, about him and think- a bunch of guys just having a jolly good time <laughs> until something tragic happens with either the main character dying or one of his really good friends dying or the whole 
team dying. <laughs> I think that's genuinely kind of how I... I thought this movie was going to be a serious version of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there going, this is going to be Tropic Thunder, but serious. Like, Because in my mind, that's what Tropic Thunder was based on. It's like you have these guys in Vietnam, and they're all buddy-buddy, and like they're doing one thing, but then shit hits the fan, and it totally was not that. No, Tropic Thunder to me is more like Platoon. Okay. It's closer to Platoon yeah. than it is um, Full Metal Jacket. Okay. Because I think Full Metal Jacket and Platoon do it too, but mostly focus on the psychological issues. That the death a lot of this movie was a lot heavy. Of Marines, a lot of people faced that, went over to Vietnam, and be- even before that for when they got drafted. So that's where I was thinking we could start here. So this movie's opening scene is... Honestly, it's my nightmare. So I know that listeners at home you don't see us right now but i have very long hair and the opening scene of this movie is just individual men or i guess boys at this point in the film just getting their heads brutally shaved i mean it looks painful in that like uncomfortable haircut kind of way i think for those that were drafted and didn't know what to expect and growing out their hair as long as they did like you it was definitely painful because that took years to do. It's oh, like yeah. just years of your life like did not matter to the Marines. Oh yeah. And I mean that and that's sort of a taste of what you're gonna get in the whole movie is Kubrick looks like he's doing, Hey, look at this scene, you're gonna interpret like ten different things like Patrick just did here. And also, yeah, it took me a long time to grow this hair. I remember walking down the hallway at school once in when I was in college and this kid who it was like a dual enrolled high school student or something. He walks up to me and he goes, how long did it take you to, 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 to grow that? And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm like looking at myself going like, what are you talking? He's like, your hair. And I'm like, oh, um, I don't know. Like I haven't cut my hair in like maybe two years or so. And he was like, wow, my mom would never let me do that. And I was like, okay. And this is the Marines? Yeah. This is, well, this is any any military will do this. I even have my head shaped to like one inch, and they still shave my head. Why right is that? Pants, so. Why is that a requirement? Your Ew. hair gets stuck or something? No, it's more like <laughs> uh, conformity. So everyone looks the same, oh. acts the same, and then once you reach a certain point, then you can get your hair cut the way you want, but it still has to be within standards. Gotcha. How does that work with black people? Or like if you're shave a it. certain minority? It you just matter. shave it. Really? Yeah. I think the only people that probably wouldn't... I remember this was a big thing a few years ago, right? Like, if you were a Sikh person and you have to... You just never cut your hair. I think there was, like, conflict. There was a lot of conflict. Yeah, uh, because it's a religious thing. Yeah, it's a religious thing. And they were allowed to keep it, but that brought a lot of conflict within the unit or platoon. Or, Or like, what if you're Cal Drogo and you can't, like, cut your beard off? (laughs) (laughs) I think they would make an exception if they got Cal Drogo into the Marines. (laughs) Yeah, I think they would, too. Yeah. And, like, just, here's a sword. You can keep your hair. And for those listening, uh, Momoa just shaved his beard off. Oh, what? You guys didn't know that? No, I didn't see this. Yeah, he just did it yesterday for recycling purposes for the earth or whatever bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Oh, wasn't there a YouTube video on that? It was like, goodbye, Cal Drogo. Yeah. Okay. To drink water out of cans instead of plastic bottles. Okay. I have a beard, and I can drink out of cans just fine. 
don't yeah, know. but you're not Jason Momo. <laughs> Jason Momo? <laughs> <laughs> is it Momo or? It's Momoa. a Momoa. Momoa. You're not Jason Momoa. Jason Momo. <laughs> All right, so back to that. Anyway, <laughs> back to Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. Um, so yeah, the, they open up and they're shaving heads, and it's just this—it's kind of a bit of a long sequence where they're getting ready to, you know, start basic training. And this is also immediately after the sequence, you meet the drill sergeant, drill instructor, the drill instructor. That's I'm Marines. Sorry. Drill instructor. Is it Bob Ross? See, I got a note about that. (laughs) I the this guy is basically, I think, the archetype. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he's the archetype of pretty much every joke you get about a drill instructor or sergeant or whatever. Yeah. He's started it all. Emery defined that role. Yeah, and it's just this guy is just yelling at them. And honestly, I really like this scene. Like, Kubrick does a really good job here because there's this cool tracking shot where they're following him around the the barracks kind of type deal. And he's just like, you guys are all pieces of shit. You will always be shit. And I will train you to be the best damn shit you're ever going to be. You are pukes. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. And it's just following him as he's walking, and then he turns, and he comes back around. And it's just really cool. It is. And Emery, if you watch, he does not blink. Oh, really? For the, I think he might have blinked once, but I watched it again to make sure. But he does not blink the entire time he's yelling. How? Because he, he's trained to do that. Yeah. So for this, he wasn't. He was actually on as a um, training person, you know, helping behind the scenes. And the guy that they hired did not do the job that Emery thought was good enough. So he sat and yelled for 15 minutes straight, yelling expletives, insults, without repeating himself, without stopping, while getting water balloons thrown at him by others. That's and that's the- how he proved to Kubrick that he was right for the role. I that's a very Stanley Kubrick type pull, proving <laughs> of ability. Yeah. I mean, just listen to like the shining right of passage of for sure. Yeah, really. yeah. But yeah, and I mean, speaking of expletives and insult, this guy is masterful at the shit coming out of his mouth because he never repeats, unless it's a name, he never repeats the same insult twice. And it's just like. It's so creative that I'm sitting here going, God, Lord, this character's just throwing up shit. And he's setting up these guys for the just epic destruction of person. Oh, man. I don't think I wrote. Did you write any down, Patrick? I mean, like, I have just he has these so fucking crazy jokes where he's just, oh, yeah, he tells this Mary, what is it, the story where he's like, you're not gonna be sitting there with your finger up, Mary Jane's cooch, or whatever yeah, the he, fuck he he's... Yeah, he like a normal person, but with a expletive towards women on there. Yeah, he's just screaming at him, and it was like he's setting these guys up just left and right to just burn them. And, I mean, it was one of the most, like, pleasing scenes in the whole movie as I'm watching these guys just get roasted by this little dude yelling at him in a hat. How tall are you, Private? Sir, five foot nine, 
sir. Five foot nine. I didn't know they stacked shit that high. You trying to squeeze an inch in on me somewhere, huh? Sir, no, sir. Bullshit. It looks to me like the best part of you ran down to cracking your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. And he does this while they're doing. No, while they're just standing there at attention. Yeah. Like as an introductory and to get used to it, Kubrick did not have the actors in that scene or Emery practice. It was mm. just a first time thing. Oh. So to get their actual reaction while he was yelling and screaming. At so that brings up a question I have. So you kind of get introduced to, if you want to call them like the main characters in this movie, you have our main character, and they, he gives them all nicknames. So you have our main character who gets nicknamed Joker. And while he's yelling at a different guy, he sits and he does this... This was really random to me, and I don't know if I missed something, but he just randomly does a John Wayne impression from across the room. So while, you know, the drill instructor's yelling, he's just like, well, aren't we here, pilgrims? Or something to that effect. And the drill sergeant loses his fucking shit, and he's like, who said that? Who said that shit? Who the fuck over here had the audacity to say that shit over? I swear to And he starts picking on the guy next to Joker. And Joker's like, Sir, I said that, sir! And that's how they all talk to this guy. Everybody, everything they say to this guy is, Sir, I said that, beginning sir! Beginning with sir and ending with sir. Every time. Yep. Is that you, John Wayne? Is this me? Who said that? Who the fuck said that? Who's the slimy little communist shit twinkle toed cocksucker down here who just signed his own death warrant? Nobody, huh? The very fucking godmother said it. I'm fucking standing. I will PT you all until you fucking die. I'll PT you until your assholes are sucking buttermilk. Was it you, you scroungy little fuck, huh? Sir, no, sir. You little piece of shit, you look like a fucking worm. I bet it was you. Sir, no, sir. Sir, I said it, sir. Well, no shit. What have we got here? A fucking comedian, Private Joker. I admire your honesty. And real quick, interesting fact about Joker, his actual character's name, J.T. Davis, was the first casualty in the Vietnam War. Well, that's fucking crazy. Jesus, that's nuts. But Joker, anyway, you know, he gives him the nickname after he's like, we got ourselves here a Joker. And of course, imagine everything I'm saying, like dialed, to 11 in volume because he's just screaming With at these guys it's like oh god and so he does this and he goes through and now that you say this was raw this was just their actual reactions you meet uh fuck what was his nickname the dumb guy it's nickname is gomer pile actually gomer pile uh, leonard lawrence yeah leonard lawrence he's the drill sergeant's yelling at gomer pile and Gomer Pyle has this fucking smirk on his face. And the whole time you're watching, you're like, it's like an SNL skit when they can't, like, keep it together for the joke. Because he just, in the, like... Anytime fucking Jimmy Fallon was on there, basically. Oh, fucking Jimmy Fallon's show entirely. It's just fucking Jimmy Fallying all <laughs> over the place. And he's sitting there and he's just like... If anyone, you know, you can't see me, but I'm making a really stupid face right now where I'm smiling. And he's just like, wipe that smile off your face, pile. He's like, I'm trying, sir. And he can't. He just can't. And it become, the next few scenes kind of become like the sergeant 
picking on Pyle to like a really heavy extreme. Like he's punching these guys, he's smacking them in the face. Like it's pretty, it's pretty heavy. And I was kind of wondering, like, is any of that? Is there? There's got to be accuracy to that, too, right? At, at that least point for the in time. time. Yeah. Yes. Um. And now, yes, I'll just say yes overall, <laughs> <laughs> without okay. getting too much detail. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty. Some of the shit was pretty brutal. Yeah. This is that beginning scene where he's introducing himself and picks out Pile is when you see the start of the psychological breakdown of Pile. Oh yeah. In my opinion, right there and then, because he's the dumbest. He's just a big guy, can't lose weight, a lot of issues, can't do this, can't do that, and I think that's the beginning where Emery points it out, or Hartman is his character's name in the movie. Yeah, and I mean it's. This is where you start to see this character lose it, and there comes a point where you're just like, oh shit, this is where it's going to go. So for the bulk of it, I have to be saying in this begin- beginning of this movie, I was just sitting there waiting for something to happen. It was a weird, because you're watching this movie and they're just going through basic training, and it's mostly just a giant montage of watching... Uh, what did we say the the drill the drill guy's name was again? Hartman. Hartman. You're watching yeah. you're watching Hartman just yell at these guys and like ream them. It goes on for a solid twenty minutes, I think. Is about how long you watch this. Yeah, until it gets to a next yeah. point in the movie. And there's a handful of bits where you start seeing what ultimately ends up being our main character, Joker, actually just talking to people. This was something I thought was crazy, was I don't think you hear a single uh, trainee or cadet talk to each other at all for the for the good 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah, it's basically just an introductory course to basic training. Yeah. And uh, while they're doing an obstacle course in real life, D'Onofrio tore ligaments in his knees. So he had, they had to get that surgically repaired. And then they started filming the movie again. This was because all the weight he gained. His body was not used to it. Oh, shit. And then, um, yeah, so he went through that. And some of the scenes, you could see him. If you watch the way he runs or marches, you could see that he's in pain. Oh, man. Fuck. Yeah, this, I mean, it's Stanley Kubrick. He puts his fucking dudes through hell, or put his fucking dudes through hell. But, um, yeah, so the first 20 minutes of this movie is... The first 20 minutes of this movie is more or less them getting yelled at. And you finally get this scene where Joker's talking to his friend who's named Cowboy. And they're just mopping. And I think he's talking about, like, fucking Cowboy's sister or something like that. Yeah, what do you trade it for? Yeah. And they're actually having, like, a discussion about this as opposed to just like, No, you can't fuck my yeah. sister, man. It's like, well... And all this stupid shit. I want to slip my tube stick into your sister. What are you taking trade? What do you got? So, over the course of this, we're kind of watching Pyle getting worn down. More and more and more and more. How long is basic training? Um, six months? No. A year? No. Like, um, at that point in time, nine weeks. Oh, shit. Nine to 13 weeks. So, Before nine now. weeks of intensive yeah. it's shouting. <laughs> Well, you'll see. It's, yeah, it's if it's nine weeks. Training. It's, yeah. yeah, it's intense then. And then at um, 
well, actually, almost 20 minutes in, Joker gets made squad leader. Yeah. And then is ordered by Hartman to look after Pyle. So, Amber, what do you think happens after that? Pyle has a better time. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong because he understands a way to talk right. to Pyle and how yes. to teach him things. And Pyle becomes like a superhuman... Uh-oh. I think I that's mean, a little futuristic well. for Kubrick, oh but I think that would work, work uh, pretty well, maybe. 2001 A Space Odyssey, yeah. he becomes like the star child. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley Kubriverse. Um, <laughs> so, you're kind of right. I mean, not the super soldier thing, yeah. that, though that would be... I mean, I don't know what a squad leader does, but... He's basically turned Joker into a Joker... And Pyle into like a one man squad where he's just helping Pyle personally to get better at everything. Because the thing that this movie does in a weird way that I think didn't age well is Pyle's really stupid. Like he's just like, I'm watching it and I'm kind of waiting for them to be like, oh yeah, he's like mentally disabled or something. It never happened. Yeah. But he's just like, really dumb to where I'm like I want to say you're an idiot but I feel like there's something wrong like there's gotta be something with your head but they don't talk about it but you're right he does give him like hey okay he's really calm with him he's like dude you can do this he's encouraging him he's showing how to put the rifle together like one on one you put this in and then it's good while everyone else is silently just putting their shit together and getting yelled at why is this like the wall what do you mean from game of thrones because that's what it is. It's kind of like they're getting yelled. Like they're get like with Sam. It's very much like John and Sam from Game of Thrones. Uh, I guess in a just way. with that. Well, I mean, well, the next scene. I guess more when they do the physical stuff. I'll, I'll yeah, 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 for sure. And then um, the big scene that starts another breakdown of the bedroom. No, it's the, the jelly bedroom. donut. Oh, that's right. That comes first. Yeah. So what do you think happens Yeah, there, what, Amber? Amber, what do you think we mean by jelly donut scene? Jelly donut? Yeah. That's either very sexual or... <laughs> <laughs> or they get jelly donuts for the first time in their life. Well, that would be kind of weird. I mean, on that sexual note, the is like, I just couldn't do it anymore, Sarge. I needed it. Stick it in something, and that was the closest thing I could find. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. That would be hilarious, because I could imagine just, when you watch this movie, you could imagine all the shit that would come out of of the... Hartman's mouth. Yes, it would be hilarious. It's like, oh, son, you think you're going to be making little jelly donut babies, you son of a bitch? You're a piece of shit, Pyle. You can't even fuck a jelly donut right. I don't see a hole. Or maybe Pyle's a really good pastry chef, and he makes jelly donuts. That would be such a better ending for that character. <laughs> that would be a better ending for that character. Oh, what happens is um, his foot, they're doing in- inspections and his footlocker is unlocked and Hartman empties it and finds a jelly donut from the Oh, of hall. course. And the rest of the platoon gets punished for him having the jelly donut as he eats it. And so mm-hmm. then you see scenes where Pyle continually fucks up and the platoon gets punished to the point where um, they do the old... Uh, soap beating trick yeah. on pile where they put soap in their socks tie him down to his bed and just beat the living crap out of him with so holy jesus
is that? What is that private pile? Sir, jelly donut, sir. A jelly donut? Sir, yes, sir. How did it get here? Sir, I took it from the mess hall, sir. Is Chow allowed in the barracks, private pile? Sir, no, sir. Are you allowed to eat jelly donuts, private pile? Sir, no, sir. And why not, private pile? Sir, because I'm too heavy, sir. Because you are a disgusting fat body, private pile. Sir, yes, sir. Then why did you hide a jelly donut in your footlocker, private pile? Sir, because I was hungry, sir. Because you were hungry. Yeah, and that scene with the soap and the socks is... Well, it's out of a horror movie. Because the music... It's at nighttime. The music starts getting, like, Halloween. It's like that scraping violin sound. And you just see all the guys quietly get out of their bunks while Pyle's just splayed out snoring. Of course. Has and, no clue. Oh, he has no fucking yeah, no. clue about anything. And they throw a blanket over him. And they hold him down. And another guy gags him. And... It, Every single person in the room comes running by as quick as they can and at least gets one good fucking slap with these heavy-ass socks on his chest. And Pyle's screaming. It's like a little... I mean, this is actually pretty, like... It makes you kind of, you know, cringe, cringe a little definitely, bit. definitely. It's uncomfortable to watch because you're watching this guy scream, why, why, why are you doing this? Because he's dumb. He has no fucking idea what's going on. He just knows that everybody's mad at him, and he says so, I think, a few minutes earlier to Joker, where he's like, everybody hates me. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, but, I mean, everyone's pretty mad at you. Like, we don't hate you, but you need to better. But they beat the shit out of this guy, and you kind of see... And this is where you get, like, Joker as a main character, because he is really hesitant to smack him with the sock because he's been working with him he knows that there's more to this than just an asshole not wanting to do work and he hesitates but at the end of it he gets like five or six good hits on the guy like he's the last one to go and the guy who is getting yelled at him when he gets his nickname ends up being nicknamed cowboy is holding the gag and he's like just fucking do it just do it just get it over with and he hesitates and just starts wailing on him and everybody else mind you only got one hit and joker's sitting there just beating the shit out of him five or six times and then let's go and then you hear lawrence basically crying out mm -hmm. and joker is bunkmate with him so he's sleeping yeah. right below him yeah mm -hmm. listening to him cry and you get joker just slowly raises his hands up to his ears and covers him and he's just it's kind of this like really regretful i wish i didn't do that move so from there on out, Amber, how do you think this affects Pyle? It definitely changes him, I feel like. And yeah. I don't know if it stops him from eating jelly donuts or, <laughs> you know, having or doing things wrong. But I definitely think it changes him and probably for not the better. Well, you're definitely right on that. I don't think this changes him for the better at all. Well, you actually do notice him improving. And yeah, there's one scene where they're asking the um, the soldier's orders where Joker forgets, but Pyle remembers. But then Joker notices Pyle talking to himself and things like that, so he's very hesitant and wary of him. Yeah, you have, you have Pyle suddenly... Well, actually, I think a good point in that is you have this scene which... 
And I mean, I don't know if this ever... I've never heard of any drill instructor, sergeant, or whatsoever, like, doing this. But he's talking about, uh, like, these people who've killed people. Um, I don't remember who the first one was. It's the guy who shot out of the tower at UT. Yeah, in the 70s, right? No, that was in the 50s? Something like that. It had to be. But he says, does anybody know who Lee Harvey Oswald was? And all the guys raise their hand, and he goes, who was he? He's like, he's the man who shot Kennedy, sir, outside of that shoe suppository. (laughs) And they all kind of laugh, and he's like, shut the fuck up! (laughs) He goes, you know where all these guys learned how to shoot like that? And they're all like, the Marines, sir! Joker raises his hand. Joker says Joker says the Marines. That's right. Joker says, the Marines, sir. And he's like, you're goddamn right. He's talking about how the Marines making killing machines. And that at the end of the day, like, they're the best at what they did, even though it was terrible. And at the end of that scene, you have the camera just look at Pyle, who's now just dead-faced... The entire time up until now, it's almost like the guy couldn't help but smile, like, stupidly. But ever since the soap sock scene, he's just deadpan like a psychopath. Anybody know who Lee Harvey Oswald was? Private Snowball. Sir, he shot Kennedy, sir. That's right. And do you know how far away he was? Sir, it was pretty far from that book suppository building, sir. (laughs) All right, knock it off. 250 feet. He was 250 feet away and shooting at a moving target. Oswald got off three rounds with an old Italian bolt-action rifle in only six seconds and scored two hits, including a headshot. Do any of you people know where these individuals learned how to shoot? Private Joker. Sir, in the Marines, sir. In the Marines, outstanding. Those individuals showed what one motivated Marine and his rifle can do. And before you ladies leave my island, you will all be able to do the same thing. It's crazy. And he gets like, he starts getting really good at like putting his gun together and marching and doing everything he was supposed to be doing. So at first you're like, oh, like me as watching this, I was thinking, Oh, well, Pyle's not going to be the same guy anymore. I guess this is going to be a movie about him and Joker going to Nam and Pyle becoming like one of those crazy killing machine guys and just watching that sort of pseudo descent into this dumb guy who really wouldn't hurt anybody to this killing machine with no remorse. But... Well, it, it gets to graduation. Oh, and to me, right. this is an important scene also when Hartman yeah. is telling everyone where they need to report to. Mm-hmm. And everyone's infantry. Everyone is infantry. And then he gets a Joker. And it's... Uh, There's two people who aren't. There's one guy gets to engineering. Engineering, right, yeah. And then Joker... Or something like that, he says to the guy. Yeah, he does... Um, Oh, the newspaper reporting. It's like yeah, public report. affairs. Public yeah, affairs public affairs stuff. And he's like, "What are you doing there? Journalism." Well, I did it in high school, sir. Yeah. Like, made you a fucking killer, but you're going into journalism. Yeah. Basically, what? What a pussy. Yeah. yeah. He's calling him out for wanting to not go slaughter people, basically. And it's just like, uh And it reminded me of this. Honestly, that scene reminded me of a joke from The Simpsons that they do, where Homer joins. Um, 
it's like an army or navy uh what's it called when they do when they have a, reserves reserves he joins the army or navy reserves and they're doing a training op and you get this caricature <clears throat> of their uh the drill instructor and he's like i've assigned all of you positions within the unit simpson frontline infantry smith frontline infantry now we've graded your aptitude tests and assigned you specialities to match your skills. Frontline infantry. Frontline infantry. Frontline infantry. Frontline infantry. I joined to make recruitment films. Well, you know where you're gonna get good footage, don't you? Ooh, tell me. Frontline infantry. And that's kind of how this scene goes. Is he's just reading this list and he's like, he's like, cowboy, frontline infantry. You, frontline infantry. Pile! Frontline infantry! And you get this hard zoom on Pile's face where he's just dead staring. Not like scared, not anything. He's just staring. Yeah. Hackett! Sir, yes, sir! All 300 infantry! Toe jam! Sir, yes, sir! All 300 infantry! Adams! Sir, yes, sir! 1800 engineers! You go out and find mines! Cowboy! Sir, yes, sir! All 300 infantry! Taylor! Sir, yes, sir! O 300 infantry joker sir yes sir 4212 basic military journalism you gotta be shitting me joker you think you're mickey spillane you think you're some kind of fucking writer sir i wrote for my high school newspaper sir jesus age christ you're not a writer you're a killer a killer yes sir homer pile homer pile sir yes sir you forget your fucking name? All 300 infantry, you made it. And I honestly thought it was going to be, I'm ready to kill people. Like, all right, fine, I'm going to go and I'm going to start murdering people. But it's not. So, Amber, what happens to Pile next? I'll give you one solid clue. We don't see Pile anymore after this next scene. He kills himself. Sort of elaborate he what? commits suicide okay <laughs> or someone else kills him and you're 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 kind right. of relieves him of no 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 doesn't go that far joker pulls firewatch so explain one. firewatch because this was something i didn't quite understand yeah, firewatch is when one soldier is assigned well it usually happens in shifts but they walk up and down the line overnight to make sure no one leaves your bunk or runs away or does anything bad oh. and then uh joker finds pile in the bathroom or the head and he's loading his rifle with live rounds in like their sleeping quarters yeah. so he's got his rifle and he's putting ammo in and joker asks him he's scared as shit because he's like it's the middle of the night Everyone's supposed to be in bed. Yeah, and this is kind of what I thought would happen before. Like, oh, he's going to turn on the camp and do, like, go crazy. I had the same, the whole time <laughs> watching this event, I was just like, he's going to murder, he's going to at least fuck that sergeant, or the drill instructor. No, no. He's going to murder that guy. And the whole time, because there's the scene where the... He's going to go all Kylo Ren on. <laughs> He's going to, like, destroy the Marine Temple or whatever. Yeah, he... It's it's a, 
It's very well done scene. Yeah. This made me go from like, what's happening in this movie to, oh fuck, yeah. like, whoa. Joker asks him what he's doing and he's loading mm-hmm. and he says, 7.62 millimeter full metal jacket. Yeah, that's, that's where you get that famous titular scene. Yeah. 7.62 millimeter full metal jacket. And that was something, when at the beginning of this movie, I wrote a note where I was like, man, the guy who plays Pyle with the whole stupid smile is either a fucking moron or he's a great actor. And when you see this scene, I was like, this guy's a great actor. Is It's just, it's terrifying. Yeah. Because you have Joker standing there like, this guy has a fucking, like, live ammunition with his rifle he's sitting there on the toilet looking like a psychopath in his underwear <laughs> and he's just loading and he's like pal you got a live ammunition there and then he says the the titular line and real quick fact yeah uh modine actually saw d'onofrio they were friends or acquaintances outside working out as a bouncer at the hard rock cafe in la and at that time d'onofrio was do- doing theater and um bouncer and he's Modine suggested to Pyle, um, sorry, D'Onofrio, to go for the role of Pyle. And that's what led him to start acting because it was his first major role in anything. I mean, he did a great job. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. He's only in the movie for maybe like half an hour and he does a great job and he barely says anything. But you get this happening. I don't remember what wakes everybody. Something wakes everybody up. But you get the drill instructor, instructor like comes into the bathroom screaming and i thought he did a great job at this too because he comes in he's like what the fuck are you guys doing in my head what the hell are you doing in here why does he have a gun why isn't he in bed he's yelling at joker like why the fuck is this happening and why are you not literally beating beating the shit out of him for it right now and he's like sir it is the cadets uh what is it responsibility to inform you that pile has Live ammunition in his gun, and you watch the drill instructor just switches everything off. He just, you hear him not yell, I think for the first time in the entire movie. Yeah. And it was weird, because it didn't, I thought it was 80 yard, because it didn't sound like him at all. And he's just like, son, I want you, like, this is an order. I want you to hand over that gun and, like, go back to your bunk. And he just calmly tells him to do it. And I had a sneaking suspicion that that was the only calm he had in his entire body. Because the <laughs> minute Piles, like, nah, he, he gives an intention, like, he's not going yeah. to. He He's just like, well, son, listen to the fuck here. Give me that fucking gun. And he stands up and just, boom, puts one in his chest. Yeah. Private's duty to inform the senior drill instructor that Private Pyle has a full magazine and is locked and loaded, sir! Now you listen to me, Private Pyle. And you listen good. I want that weapon. And I want it now. You will place that rifle on the deck at your feet and step back away from it. (sighs) 
What is your major malfunction, numbnuts? Didn't mommy and daddy show you enough attention when you were a child? And you have Joker's like, oh fuck, like, oh shit, he just shot, he just shot him. And he's just on the ground, he's dead. And Pyle oh, yeah. just looks at him, he's smiling. Yeah. And he just sits back down on the toilet and, like, puts the gun on the ground. Oh, I remember what's happening. What woke everybody up was they're doing these, like, gun, uh, these, like, rifle movements. attention yeah. movements with them. And Pyle loses it, and he just starts doing them all, and he's yelling. Yeah, yeah. He's like, left shoulder, right shoulder, rest, all this stuff. That's what wakes him up. Yeah. And then he kind of, like, does the rest, sits down on the toilet, puts the gun in his mouth, and just poof. And you, you're watching. There's no shadows or shit. You just see the back of his head splatter against the wall. And Joker's just, holy shit. And then I, I think it's just... And scene. Yeah. And location. And they go to uh, yeah. Vietnam after that. Yeah. Next scene, <laughs> they're in Vietnam. Yeah. So, in Vietnam now... What do you think are opening, Amber? So we just get to Vietnam from that. What's happening in Vietnam in this scene? War. You think? Yeah. Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not we war We get some at battle all. scenes. See, you don't have as many battle scenes as I think you do in other movies like this. Yeah. This many people I think might recognize is that famous me so horny scene from this yeah. movie which I didn't know was from this movie me love you long time me love you long time yeah. so you gotta remember Joker is now a reporter basically oh journalism yeah okay so they're doing wartime journalism in Vietnam so they're sitting at like a bar or cafe or some him and this other this guy we haven't met yet um I think his name's Rafterman. Rafterman's his yeah. name, yeah. And he's Rafterman's complaint, or actually the scenes like you're following this Vietnamese woman who's clearly like a prostitute walk up and she's trying to entice them like, you know, come on, it's going to be $15. And I mean, you've heard there's so many just songs and things that have like made fun of this or use this as a sample. Hey baby. You got girlfriend Vietnam? Not just this minute. Yeah. Well, baby, me so horny. Me so horny. You keep lying. Me love you, you long time. And you get this whole long sequence of that where they get her down to like 10 bucks and 10 then bucks some dude just... steals the camera. Rafterman's camera, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so like Rafterman takes a picture of them and then this guy jumps off a moped or something. Hall's ass grabs the camera, does this weird karate shit. Yeah. It was like, it's just silly and dumb. It's like he takes the camera, runs towards his buddy on the on the moped, stops, turns around and goes, <laughs> Yeah, does this whole like spinning flying kick, all that. Then, yeah. Then Joker. Joker does it back. Does it, does it back, but actually, you know, much more poorer. Um, oh, he's like, <laughs> And then it just fades out of that. They don't. They don't ever give a shit about the camera. They don't care about what goes. On. It just. It just fades out of that. You know, I did have a question though. Yeah. 
There's one thing we sort of skipped over that I was confused. So in the military, like, do you have to be Christian in the military? Because we do get a bit of that. No, but it's the Marines traditionally are all about God and country. Gotcha. So in one of the scenes, uh, Hartman's yelling at Joker because he says he doesn't believe in the Virgin Mary, right? Yeah, he's like, do you love the Virgin Mary? And he's like... I don't believe in the Virgin Mary, sir. Yeah. And he, like, gut checks him. He gut checks him, yeah. It was fucking... I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like, let's relax. Yes. And he wakes them all up for church on Sunday. Yeah. And it was, I was like... How do you we, go to church? Oh, they have them on. They have them. They have oh. churches on. I mean... Yeah. Okay. I was way, thinking this was out in the middle of nowhere, but... It kind of is, but it's... it's Paris some, Island, South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, it's one of the Carolinas. It's They're either like the Carolina same. or Texas. There's two. There's no, two. it's for sure Carolina. Carolina yeah. It's just one of them. I don't know which one. Yeah, I, that that threw me off. I was like, you know, I mean, it's the '70s, I guess. Maybe yeah, so I forgot that thing. little part. But yeah. yeah. Do um, they ever go out and do stuff? What do you mean, do stuff? Like oh, no. fun stuff? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> never shows not. Right it's not, not like stripes. It's not like stripes. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen stripes. No. Okay. But I've well, seen other. Well, not to Were go they... like, uh, like back to the Game of Thrones thing. It's not like they're like, oh, we're going to the piss poor town just south of here and like go party or partying and fucking and shit. Yeah. They're not doing no, that. No, but I'm sure in other war movies, they're, you know, there's this one scene where they're all dancing around because they won. They had one small victory. Yeah, there's nothing like in... that. Oh, okay. Though, could you imagine like an Animal House version of this movie where it's like Animal House but on a military base and they have to like escape and yeah. go party and well that's what, that's what Stripes is to me yeah. yeah in a way but anyway I was actually again wondering like if this movie became like a hard horror movie where Pyle is just like a psychopathic killer hunting down these people at the training like we never go to Vietnam it's just man that would have been a great movie I, 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 yeah, I was like, it would be kind of cool if, like, they all have to use yeah. what they learned to take this guy who became top of the class down. Yeah. And he's just killing everybody. He kills all the top people so they can't call anyone, and they're all kind of, that, that should have been a movie. That would have been, it doesn't have to replace this one. This one's good. Yeah. But I think that would have been a crazy movie. I want that to be a movie. I feel like. I've heard that before, and that there might be some form of that for something, but I don't remember. I mean, I feel like that... I haven't seen it, but... Well, we saw that in Doom. What? Like, you have... Yeah, it was the end of Doom. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson kind of becomes that I'm gonna kill you with all of my skills. Yeah. I would... I feel like maybe Overlord has tones of that. I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like maybe that's kind the of... The parts over. I've seen, it's, I think, a little bit like that, but more like Nazis coming after him. Right. But, yeah, no, I understand what you mean, yeah. Yeah. I just think I would be... Uh, if you put Kubrick at the helm of that kind of horror movie, like I think it would have been great. Yeah. It's just watching Pyle like, take these people down. It all takes place in the course of one night. Yep. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they still get shipped to Nam. They still end up, whoever survives, like, to have Joker survive at the end of the movie. And then they're like, well, it's a good thing you survived, son. You leave for Vietnam in the morning. And then they, it's just yeah. hard hit, like, fuck. And then... In a way, I don't know if you've heard of Tigerland with Colin Farrell, one of the early ones. He basically helps others get um, shipped home by having accidents or 
my girls got pregnant, something like that. But I feel like that's the kind of same tone is that mm-hmm. no matter what happens, you're still getting shipped and off. Exactly. So anyway, back where we were. Yeah. So uh, the next scene after the guys steal the camera is that they're talking to their lieutenant about news stories. That's right. And Joker hears rumors of some intelligence that they're going to have a Tet offensive during the Vietnamese New Year of the Year yeah. of the Rabbit. And the LT tells him, no, don't worry about it. But what do you think happens? Can I get a clue? So he tells, so they're they're doing news stories, right? Yes. And he kind Joker's making jokes, and he tells them, you know, we got this uh, Vietnamese New Year off, so it's like Lunar New Year. Yeah. And he says, "There's an armistice for today. Ever a ceasefire? I'm sorry, yeah, ceasefire for today. Okay. No one's going to be attacking each other because it's a holiday. Oh, sure. And." There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> right when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because Joker's like, well, you know, Lieutenant, I heard uh, they might actually attack. And he's like, don't be an idiot. You you know, it they've been saying fire. shit. Yeah, they're like, they've been saying shit like that the whole time. And lo and behold, there is like a car bomb goes off, I think, at the front gate. Yeah, the front gate. And everyone responds. And it's actually Joker's and a lot of the guys' first action. And, um, mm-hmm. Because you got to remember, like, they're taught how to do all this shit, and they're walking around with this shit. But for the most part, they've just been doing kind of fluff pieces on, like... So something the lieutenant mentions is back domestically in the United States, which was actually historically true, is a lot of news outlets were saying, we should not be in this war, this war is stupid, we don't need to be doing this. And they're kind of trying to be the counterbalance to that. Where they're showing, oh, well, look at all the good we're doing. And I think he's, I think there's a scene where he says, Joker, we do two kinds of stories. We do, and I mean, he, he says some racial slurs in there, but he basically says, uh, our guys buying deodorant and shampoo for the Vietnamese people to make everybody happy and us killing bad guys. Yeah. So they're and, just fluff pieces trying to show that mm-hmm. we're doing good in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one back in the United States believes that it's good. Right. Mm-hmm. And you get this... I think that was actually a cool scene that... I mean, there's so much in this movie where I wanted to just be like, oh my god, there's so much to take out of this, is... I don't think there's any point in this movie where I can tell if Joker's being serious or if he's actually kidding. And I mean, obviously that's the point of the name. Right. But when he's saying this stuff, he's saying it... In such a way where you want to be like, oh, this guy is totally not about the war. He doesn't want to be there. But it's also like a joke, and everything comes off like a satire. Yeah. And so, you know, what's going on? And then you also see when he's running out, it gets pointed out later, but he's wearing a peace symbol on his vest. And he, on his helmet, it's written, born to kill. And yeah. he talks about it later in the movie while narrating it, and also with one of the colonels who dresses him down. Yeah, and you definitely get, and we'll get to that scene, but you definitely get this, like, the born to kill versus the peace thing. He's like, well, I think it's just the duality of man, sir, and it's like, okay, yeah. But you do get this, like, I think that's what, if anything, if you didn't say. Yeah, contradiction. Exactly, exactly. But so you get the Tet Offensive, and prior to the Tet Offensive, you have uh, Rafterman complaining that he's like, I want to see some action, man. I want to get out there. Like, let me go out there. 
and Joker, well, I guess it's like a CO and or higher up of him. Yeah, he's some a sergeant. Way, shape, or form. Joker's yeah. a sergeant, and I think uh, Rafterman's either a private or specialist at the time. Okay, because he's like, I'm not letting you go out there, and he's making jokes like, "Oh, your mom will kill me if I like let you go out there and you die." So I mean, like you know, he, and you sort of have Rafterman just kind of going, "Well, come on, dude, like let me go out there." And he's like, "No, nah, joke, joke, joke. Why you can't?" And you can tell that jo- that Joker's just like. Don't want you to go out there because I know what's out there and I you don't need that. Yeah, you know. And I mean, after you watch the pile thing, it's like you don't need to take this new friend of yours and turn him into that. I hate the name Joker. I want to go out into the field. I've been in country almost three months, and all I do is take handshake shots at award ceremonies. You get wasted your first day in the field, and it'd be my fault. A high school girl could do my job. I want to get out to the shit. I want to get some trigger time. If you get killed, your mom will find me after I rotate back to the world and she'll beat the shit out of me. It's a negative, Raptor Man. So the Tet attack and everything's really fucked. Yeah. So at their just small little installation they got going on, everything's fucked up. And they say, okay, we need people to go out to the other areas of the country because we didn't have a hard hit. We're still functioning. But other places are royally fucked, and we need to cover what's going on there. And um, Joker gets sent to Fubai. Um, I don't know where it is in Vietnam, but he gets sent into the ship, basically. And Raptor mm-hmm. Man, I want to go with Joker, and LT agrees to it. And mm-hmm. so they go ship out from there. Yeah. And interesting part with the next scene is the helicopter really, really shows how there was no psychological testing oh, in the military no. with the gunner there. And interesting fact, before I get to that, the gunner was actually... Kubrick wanted him as the original uh, drill instructor, Hartman. That would have been... Because the guy was a comedian, and I don't think it would have worked as well. No way. No, Um, no. But as they're going to Fubai, the gunner is just shooting... People. People. Not military, civilians, and things like that. Yeah. Women, children. And he's like, I got a confirmed 152 kills. And he joker goes, how many of those are women and children? He goes, I don't know. I just do it. So, yeah. yeah. And then he makes... So we're sitting there in the helicopter, and they're flying over, just going to where they're going. And it's flying over, like, rice paddies and stuff. And he's just... You just see this guy... It opens up on Rafter Man, and he looks like he's going to vomit. Yeah. He keeps, like, gagging. And you have this guy just yelling, Get some! Get some! Get some! Yeah, get some! And he's shooting the machine gun out of the helicopter. No one's stopping him. No one's, no one's really egging him on, but yeah. no one's doing anything about this. And, I mean, you know, when you watch this and you know about Vietnam, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, he's clearly killing innocent people. But the scene doesn't really show you that at first. You just kind of see everybody sitting there watching this psychotic dude just shooting out the window. So it goes on for long enough to where I honestly was kind of like, is he just shooting for the fucking hell of it? Is that what we're showing here? And then it's like, oh, no, never mind, because then it cuts to, like, the barrel of the gun. And you just see farmers, like, running away, and he's just shooting them down. And then I think he makes some more racial slurs. There's, like, oh, a, a dead Vietnamese guy. is a, The only good Vietnamese guy is a dead Vietnamese guy. Right. And Joker's kind of, once again, poking holes in that, because then he asks him... Because I think, oh, the gunner is like, you guys should do a story about me, because I did all... I killed all these guys. I'm a hero or some shit. And they're like... Oh, yeah? Like, uh, they ask him how many kills. He goes, how many women and children is that? The whole time you have Rafter Man just kind of overdoing it, but he's his face is red, and he's yeah, like... Yeah, he looks like he's in vomit the whole time. And he's, like, going to puke. Yeah. 
And he makes a joke. He goes, How, so you, you're okay killing women and children? And then he says, yeah, because you don't have to. He makes some kind of hunting joke. You don't have to lead him as long or something yeah, lead like him that. Yeah, lead him as far. Yeah. So, like, if you're, like, leading him with the sight. Yeah. And it just it's this scene that makes you. I mean, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that make you go. And I'm sure this was the point of the movie. Yeah. That make you go, this is really uncomfortable. Like, it's just uncomfortable to watch in, like, a a great way when it's a movie because you're like wow this is what you meant to do and it worked exactly but you're just like Jesus Christ there's people like that who are actually out there doing this this is insane hey, get some baby get some get some get some you guys ought to do a story about me sometime why should we do a story about you cause I'm so fucking good that ain't no shit neither a lot of the movie is this is like these little one-off scenes that just show like a snapshot of what the fuck was going on and then we're back to the next bit of what's going right. on there's not as much of like a cohesive plot like it's kind of littered throughout but it's not oh this is the story of joker and how he got out of vietnam or something it's just like no he's just kind of doing this shit and this is that the world was yeah so they land and they go search of a platoon that they're cast to be with and to me, this is a big part of the movie and maybe a big part of the war in Vietnam is that they hear of a rumor of a mass grave. Yeah. Just they a mass hear, grave yeah. Um, that's nearby and they go and visit it. And this is where he meets the colonel, gets yelled at for having a born a kill and a peace symbol. Mm-hmm. But probably the great line in the movie to me is uh, after seeing the grave, Joker says, the dead only know one thing. It is better to be alive. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a that looks at Vietnam like those who are already there that are serving there are kind of dead. Yeah. 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 So the platoon that they're uh, ordered to be with actually turns out to be Cowboy's platoon. So the whole time he's like, yeah, it's an old friend of mine. You know who Cowboy... And everybody knows the nicknames. These nicknames have clearly stuck with them from basic all the way to Vietnam with completely different people. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm Cowboy CO, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're over here in this one area follow me and I'll bring you to him. So what do you think Cowboy and friends are doing when you know, Joker and Rafter Man show up? Guerrilla warfare? Man, see, I feel like you wanted so much more of an action movie. I know! <laughs> I'm thinking they're like jumping out of trees or in the no, jungle, no. just like pouncing on people and killing them. Though admittedly, when I was watching the movie there's so many times where I was like, okay, when are we going to get to the, you know... Oh, again, I thought it was going to be like fucking Tropic Thunder, but serious. Yeah. <laughs> and it never happened, you know? It just was this continuous... And I mean, I think that's really what he's trying to show is that, yeah, there was fighting and people were killing each other, but I mean, there was also a whole lot of bullshit. Nothing. Just nothing happened. Yeah, they were just sitting there outside of a small village that yeah. they just won over in the in the battle that was lost mm-hmm. beforehand. Um, so he finds him and he's part of the Lust Hawk. Remind me, who are they fighting against? They're fighting against like a communist faction okay. of the Vietnamese people. Yeah. And the yeah. Lust Hawk platoon and they have some yeah. sort of motto. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head now. So they're they're sitting there and they do this whole like hugging it out scene because it's like holy shit you know, oh my god, cowboy, it's you. He's like, oh my god, Joker, it's you. Yeah, you're I... both alive. Yeah, exactly. They're both alive. <laughs> I thought you were fucking dead at some point. And they're amazed. And I think that, that scene right there, just that little bit, is like, holy shit. They genuinely thought, when they got shipped off, I'm never seeing these people again. Yeah. And probably not. And I'm sure they didn't. 
And it's just, you get this, like, they're very fucking overjoyed. Cowboy's overjoyed to see Joker, because yeah. he's like, oh my god, you're alive. You were, like, my best friend, and you're fucking alive. This was such a funny, because while they're hugging it out, Rafterman's just, like, standing there. And I feel like the act, they didn't tell him what to, to do, because yeah. he's just like, oh, this is like when my new best friend meets one of his old best friends, and I'm just going because <laughs> he's just standing looking around like this is really awkward. I mean, I, I it's, it, I'm sorry, I, I'm his best friend now. Yeah. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> and he starts it, snapping pictures of yeah. the soldiers there. And yep. a big part is one of the guys from the platoon, Animal Mother, right? That's his name. Is that is that Adam Baldwin? Yes, it is Adam okay. Baldwin, yes. Of Firefly Flame? Yeah. He plays Jane in Firefly? Oh. Yeah. So you meet him playing, like, a little bit more amplified version of Jane. Yeah. In this, and you get, and I'm sorry, you know Joker learned all these burns from the fucking drill instructor. Yeah. Because they're sitting there having, like, a 1970s version of, like, a Yo Mama joke contest. Because <laughs> Adam Baldwin's, like, you know, this, that, he's, like, spitting shit at him, and... Again, because of the peace symbol. Because of the peace symbol. Yeah, he's like, you got that peace symbol. Like, that's a bunch of fucking stupid shit. And then Joker's starts doing that random as fuck trademark John Wayne impression. And I loved it because he goes, Well, I don't think blah, 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 pilgrim, blah, 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 pilgrim. And Adam Baldwin looks at him and goes, You talk the talk. But do you walk the walk? And I wrote in my notes like <laughs> the fucking John Wayne impression. <laughs> that's what that's the talk. Because the whole time you have all the other soldiers in the background going like, oh, yeah. and it's just like, no, no, you think that's a burn, but it's not that bad. Yeah, this burn. is John Wayne that we're talking about here. Well, pilgrim, only after you eat the peanuts out of my shit. <laughs> Talk the talk. Do you walk the walk? Yeah, the the John Wayne stuff, he's just like, he does it a lot, and like, I get how it's supposed to be funny, but it just kind of, it just feels like they cut whatever the setup for the John Wayne jokes is, because it sort of seems to be Joker's thing, is he makes it, and then him and Adam Baldwin almost throw down, and then it kind of just disperses, this guy comes up. He's like, oh, this here's the animal mother. You know, he's a piece of shit here, but if you're on the battlefield, he's the best damn guy in the yeah. world. He just needs, and I think this goes for a lot of these people that you meet in Vietnam in these scenes. He's like, he just needs somebody to be throwing grenades at him the rest of his life, and he'll be the best damn guy in the world. And you do get later, like, it's true sort of kind of. Yeah, that he's a good soldier. Yeah, and so then you get this, I think the thing we were talking about before is you have... One of the other soldiers, I think it's, I think this is the, the medic, he's sitting next to a guy with a hat over his face who's, like, asleep. And Rafterman's taking pictures. And he goes, hey, man, take a picture of this. And he sits down and goes, this here's my buddy. Yeah. And he holds up his finger, and he takes the hat off of the guy's face. And you think you're going to – it's really well done. You think you're going to get this guy who's, like, asleep, but it's a – dead northern Vietnamese soldier that they just took and propped up in a chair and you know he's taking pictures but he's just like explaining like oh it's his birthday today this guy is like runs this whole place and everyone's like happy birthday to it's just really just like again this disturbing like 
this is really fucked up scene yeah. of like they took a person they killed and propped him up in a chair to set up a fucking joke and it's just you get a lot of that especially here on out you get like a lot of that kind of stuff through the rest of the movie and um so from there they move out with the platoon um mm-hmm. tanks in front and they come across another city or village and I want to say mines go off because yeah. I didn't see any fire or anything like mm-hmm. that and it kills the lieutenant and then one of the lieutenant's guys gets nominated to lead the squad and they go from there to try to find the NBA in that region or village yeah. cause they the tank gets hit and everyone drops to the ground but the lieutenant dies like he gets yeah, he's dead. it almost looks they like he gets shot him. in the dick Oh, like, is what looks like happened. Well, I think shrapnel, shrapnel, shrapnel like, goes up into his section too. Yeah, because he you and it, they did a really good job. Is everybody drops on their bellies, has their guns ready to go, but the the commanding officer just kind of like falls on his back. Oh, and you're like, oh fuck, he's dead. Yeah, and I think this is a scene that is it under for me. It undermined the whole scene. Was. 2019 meme culture ruined it. Everybody has shit written on their helmets and you get these like shots of every single person's face who's in the platoon like on the ground and everybody has something different. Like Adam Baldwin says like I am become death and then yeah. Joker says I think born to kill. Born to kill his, yeah. And then you get this guy, I, he's not even like a main character, he's just a guy and his helmet says, I wrote it down, it just says, I'm hard. And all I could think was, like, <laughs> this guy fucking hit the ground and said, fuck, I'm hard. Like, of <laughs> <laughs> like, everything I could have right now, it's like, damn it. Lieutenant's dead and now I'm fucking hard. God he went down it. hard. He went down hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That would have been fucking amazing. But so you do get the, it's like, it, the whole time it's trying to be serious. And I'm just like, fuck, that guy's hard. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, but yeah, so it goes back and, um, they call in and they say, uh, you know, he's down. What do we do? He gets nominated and they move in and then it's kind of implied. I think that they just wipe out. Yeah. Like, they wipe it? out who, whatever opposition they face. Yeah. And the opposition also runs away after they mm-hmm. do, um, after they see them and they see him run, yeah, by, run by and Joker is, they're all reloading. Yeah. So Joker's in the middle of reloading and you see like five or six of these guys run for cover away and then a handful more come by and at this point joker's all loaded up ready to go and he just like shoots him down no it's not joker isn't it oh no it's the it's, it's the, the doc new, it's, it's the, the doc. leader it's the, the yeah the squad. that's right yeah he's the one that shoots maybe two or three down yeah and then they just all stop and right. take it like a break in the city and then yeah the next scene. well you do get the next the next scene's actually really cool so what do you think is the next scene after they basically get these guys out of the city so the hint would be they got some downtime. They get to see real life Vietnamese culture, oh. perhaps. <laughs> I don't think this movie's that woke. <laughs> or, I don't know. They do something that's really ridiculous and kind of like a more fun. Maybe fun for them. Fun for fun them. for them. I exactly. Think that's a big like to us, movie. looking at it, it's like really like I don't consider that fun. Never yeah. would do it. But they're just having a good old time. Well, I think it's more like, I would consider this fucked up, as opposed to fun, but you do get, like, it's fun for them. I think that's little, everything the soldiers do in Vietnam, pretty much, in this movie, is, like, it's fun for them. 
but if you're watching it, you're like, this is really fucked up. So you have the soldiers, they're interviewing them, right, on camera. Yeah, while they're taking while, cover. While they're from, taking cover from fire of some kind. Yeah, yeah. So you got to remember again, Joker and them are, 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 are news people, journalists and stuff, and they're filming them. And I thought, I, what I just want to see, I want to see like a behind the scenes film of this because I guarantee you there was like Stanley Kubrick and two other guys doing exactly what those camera guys are because it's another tracking shot where you have these two guys holding a boom and to keep the camera steady and they're low so that they don't get hit and they're just like panning across all these guys and you're the shots coming from behind the cameraman and all I can think in my head is like I guarantee the fucking cameramen for the movie are doing what the cameramen in the movie are doing to film the <laughs> yeah. cameraman in the movie and it was really cool and you get I think they do a really cool job because there's that scene and then afterwards they interview each each of our sort of main cast individually and they ask and you get I think you get every single reaction of the day to Vietnam yeah you get like Adam Baldwin's kind of just like, well, if we just flew planes over the north and bombed them, this would be over. And then you have one of the, I think you have I'm Hard, um, who says, like, I don't get it. We're dying for them, and they hate us. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. You know, that was something personally I never really thought of, was like, if you're a soldier, you're out there dying for them, and in your mind you're doing a good thing, these people hate you, and all you could see is like, what the fuck, man? And you get kind of everybody sort of, and Joker, of course, is making jokes. Yeah, and, and you kind of see everyone's own opinions on it. And Joker's definitely comes out that he's against the war. And then you also mm-hmm. get Cowboy, who's like... There's no what, horses. There's no horses. I wrote that down. How does his, a country have no horses? That's, that's what's wrong with this country. Complaint. Yeah, that's it. No horses. He's, he's just from like... Texas, so... What does he fucking say? He says, like, there's no horses here. He's like, what kind of country is... I haven't been able to... Quote, I have not been able to ride a horse since I got here. I hate Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the shit is that? I hate Vietnam. There's not one horse in this whole country. I don't have one horse in Vietnam. There's something basically wrong with that. (laughs) Of all the complaints, it's, and of course, I think, yeah, he's from Texas or whatever. Which is actually a funny thing in the beginning. Steers and queers yeah, he's, from the, Texas. Which are you? Another, well, the Burns is yeah. that he sets. When I was saying he's setting them up for Burns, the way Cowboy gets his name is the drill instructor is yelling at him, and he goes, "Where are you from, son?" And he's just like, "Texas, sir." And he goes, "Texas, son of a bitch. Only steers and queers come from Texas, and you sure shit don't look like a steer to me, boy." Where the hell are you from anyway, Private? Sir, Texas, sir! Holy dog shit, Texas, only steers and queers come from Texas, private cowboy. And you don't much look like a steer to me, so that kind of narrows it down. And then he's just like, well, you're going to be called a cowboy because you're from Texas. Or and he goes to the whole, you're queer, you like to suck dick. Oh, God. You know, he goes through that whole thing. <laughs> but yeah, then Cowboy's oh, interview, so yeah, much. I like Cowboy's interview because it made me laugh. It was yeah. one of the few because, you know, no fucking horses, you know. Yeah, I want to ride it, a goddamn yeah. horse. It's like, of all, because he opens it saying, I hate Vietnam. Then he's like, "There's no horses, no right. horses." <laughs> and I mean, oh god, we could just spend we could spend this whole episode on the fucking drill instructors' yeah. insults. But um, so yeah, we do all that where they're interviewing everybody, and then you have uh, so two guys get killed in this like skirmish. You have well, I think before that they have another hooker scene, right? No, that's after. That's after. Okay. That's after. 
So, so you kind of have this like farewell to our comrades who died, and you have these two. You have their lieutenant who died, and this other guy. I don't think you ever see him get killed on screen. It's just this other guy. Yeah, I think so. And they're both in this grave, or they're both laying on a mat, probably getting ready to go home. And this was another scene that just like, I hate how nowadays like move other movies have ruined scenes like this for me. Because all I could think in this scene was, this is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's the scene, the scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where Cameron is looking at the the pointillism picture. Yeah. It's down at the Art Institute, where of all the people sitting at the park, and it's just like, cut to his face, cut to the other one, cut to his face, it's closer, cut to the picture face, and it's closer. Because that's the type of cut they're doing for everybody's face. And the whole time, like, this is supposed to be serious reactions, and I can't take it at all like that, because the movie, ten years later, fucking ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, you get kind of the other end of the interview reactions where you have every single person saying goodbye in one way shape or form and it's some of them are like you're in a better place some of them well, i think adam baldwin's like i'm glad it was you not me yeah. it's better <laughs> off you not me and then you get uh rafterman who's like freshly there off the boat and he says at least you died fighting for a good cause and adam baldwin's like what the fuck good cause are you talking about and you kind of get this moment where, like, which I was kind of thought, oh, he's just this mindless, I'm going to fucking kill everybody thing. But you get, like, he knows that, you know, there is no reason for them to be there. Yeah. That they're just blindly killing people. He's just totally okay blindly killing people because he's like, I'd rather go out killing people, you know, whatever. I think he says slaughtering people. Yeah, something like that. Um, Then not. And I think it's supposed to be sort of like dying with my sword in my hand kind of type thing rather than asleep in my bed. But you do get that. And Cowboy gets nominated as squad leader at this point. Yep. Because now you got everybody's dead, so they're like, Cowboy, you're the now squad leader. Take them out and continue doing... Uh, uh, they, get, they, they think they got everybody out of there, and they say they think that the northern Vietnamese moved back to the Perfume River, which I think at the time was the border between North and South Vietnam. Yeah. So they say go out there and just do a security sweep to make sure that they're actually gone. So this will bring us to the climax of this movie, I think. During their and the last thing I'll say is like during their sweep, it turns out that they missed it they did something wrong at a checkpoint and they got lost. So Amber, what do you think happens in the climax of this movie? I think that, so they obviously get lost, like you say, and they end up at the wrong place at the wrong time, and the scene cuts to black, and you don't really know what happens, but all you hear is gunshots, (laughs) (laughs) so you don't know if whether they died or if they lived. That would have been cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I like what happened because it kind of gives you the flip, but like... Holy shit, that would have been cool. I, yeah, but I think that would have misinterpreted Kubrick's meaning behind yeah, the movie sure. because he definitely wants people to see how well we'll get their to actions, yeah. soldiers' actions after after mm. all the shit they go through. Yeah. So we're about to go through some shit that'll only be minutes for you, and it'll be about one hour fifty six minutes and roughly <laughs> seventeen seconds, if I recall, the timestamp for this movie. So sit tight, and you'll be back to listen to our dulcet tones in a few minutes. 
Okay, welcome back. So, Amber, what did you think? I thought it was a pretty good movie, a solid movie for sure, better than the last one that we did. But (laughs) I definitely like the ending of it um, rather than like the beginning of the movie because the ending was a lot more symbolic, had a lot like deeper meaning than the first part. True. I agree. I mean, there was a lot. I mean, personally, I like the beginning best because you could just go do an entire movie off of just that movie. And we kept coming up with the horror movie of watching Pyle, like, murder everybody. Yeah. I just don't like how they didn't connect each scene together or all those scenes that they did because it just kind of went off, like, tangent or went from, like, one idea to the other and that was basically it. Well, I think that was the point, you know. But I can see what you're getting at. It was a little, like, broken up. What about you, Patrick? You've seen this movie plenty. What's uh... I like how it gets broken up because it changes location. Yeah. It makes an easier way to change location for Kubrick and everyone else to get in the right frame of mind and mindset. Yeah. I think I like how it it sort of shows, like, what was going on, I think, in the war. Is It's just... A bunch of shit was happening, and there was no real direction. I'm sure there's some... Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, a war without direction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did some snooping while we watched it, and this movie actually had a budget of only $30 million. Like, wow. I mean, that's a lot of money, but as far as movies today are made, I mean, jeez. I know the set design of this, they're building, the, they're, they're building all these buildings to be blown up, Patrick, you were saying they were importing trees? Trees, yeah. Palm trees. Oh, my God. Well, this movie made $120 million. Oh, wow. So they made okay. almost like a $100 million profit. So it was a box office success. Yeah. Oh, yeah, proportionately, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even though the three of us liked this movie, there are some people who really didn't like this movie. So since this is a reportedly good movie that we did... Uh, I went ahead and found some one-star reviews on Amazon while we were giving it a watch. And, I mean, aside from a lot of them, which are just sort of like, I was in the military and I should have, you know, known better. This is so inaccurate. I was there. It was nothing like, you know, this is liberal bullshit, you know. All that Alex Jones shit yeah. going on. <laughs> um I did find a few one-star reviews. They're just like, it's sort of like, I don't understand what these people expect. So, for instance, the first one I have here is from Stephanie. Earlier this year, actually, in January, she reviewed this video, or this movie. It's pretty short. She said, I should have looked up why this is rated R. Someone recommended, and we took their word. Awful. Swearing. Graphic. Dot, dot, dot. We skipped parts and finally gave up it's like lady it's rated r first of all it's called full metal jacket exactly like what what were you expecting she's like it swore it was graphic it's just like i don't that's just a stupid person it's just it's ridiculous okay i'm sure she thought it was gonna be like like grease Except, (laughs) like, Full Metal Jacket. That's what John Travolta wore in that movie. Was a jacket with studs. It was metal, and it was a full jacket, not a vest. 
sounds like they were lied to by their. I would by love to know recommended what recommended it yeah. to them. <laughs> I want to know what that friend said. Yeah, it's all about God and Jesus. You're gonna love it. They really like a lot of God in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like you'll love it, Stephanie. Lots of God talk. Great movie. Uh, the next one I have is just from a Kindle customer. Back in March 2017, they said the heading for this one is trash. Trash. My teen rented it. I gave my okay to the rental because he told me that 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 the movie is just a regular war movie. Not. Never believe a teen. I'm sorry. What? What regular war movie are you watching where it probably shouldn't be seen by like a young teenage kid? Again, I don't. Again, the director gives it away. Right. You're not gonna get a regular movie when Stanley Kubrick directs a movie. <laughs> well, it's just like, what was the problem? What did this parent have a problem with their kid watching this movie compared to other war movies? What I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, I mean, the the beginning does a whole bunch of stuff going on with the the training but i mean you get your fight scenes you get i guess you have a little bit more sexual innuendo but you don't actually have any sex in this movie yeah i mean go watch like saving private ryan yeah. you got the whole beach and when it comes scene. to swearing it's pretty yeah yeah it's not I mean, it's like, as bad as a lot it of, could like, be they say a lot of racial slurs yeah they do say a lot of racial slurs Maybe that's it? I mean, that's the only thing I could think of that like other movies might not but again, have. Then again, when was this movie made? It's like... 1987? 87. Yeah. It's been around. You should know. Yeah. These people... These. Oh, by the way, both of these are... no. The first two of these are no later than 20, 2019 and no earlier than 2017. So this movie has been around 40 years at that point. Like, if you don't know by now... The movie's popular. It's like no one's ever heard of Full Metal Jacket before. Someone's heard of it somewhere or seen yeah. reference to it. Well, this last one I had was was a really interesting. It was really hard to sift through these to find one that wasn't like, this movie's just liberal propaganda making the frogs gay or whatever the fuck they say. <laughs> they, they, just on. they just go on. So... And there were some paragraphs written about this movie. Oh, Jesus. So I was trying to avoid ones that were too long, but this one said, this one is by Rodney D. Lewis back in February 8th, 2007. So it's a little over 10 years old. It says, I should have known better. I do not like Kubrick's movies. So before I go any further, why the fuck are you messing with this one? Yeah. I thought Space Odyssey 2001 which I'm pretty sure is not the title, was incomprehensible and have... I believe he meant to say shied, but he spelled it like shed, but misspelled shed. So it's just really weird. He's like, and have shied away from his stuff ever since. But being a war movie fan, I weakened and paid the price. A waste of time. Looks like most of it was shot on the back lot in England. The name of the movie was good, and the graphic on the DVD cover, that's the best I can say about it. So you're comparing... Wait, what is he talking about? The yeah, that's Space a great Odyssey yeah, or the Full Metal Jacket? What are you talking about? Yeah, he doesn't really go into any description about why he didn't like the movie. He just... Yeah. 
So, Rodney, you're an idiot. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> just, <laughs> it's like, Rodney you know from 2007. Rodney from 2007. <laughs> well, it's like, he's like, it looks like I got shot on a back lot in England. It's like, spoiler, Rodney. It's it a war did. movie. <laughs> <laughs> got shot in England. Yeah. Shot almost, exclu- actually shot exclusively in England, except, and I looked into this while we were watching, some stock footage or not stock footage but archival footage from yeah. paris island actually so yeah. with that scene while we were watching it one of the things i noted while i was looking up facts about this movie is that they did use archival footage and there is a scene there where it looks like they were filming an actual graduation that was probably what they were talking about yeah so in the spirit of so what happens next how about we go through and we say how we think this movie should have ended. You can do anything you want. Pick whatever you want to say. Amber, you have just saw this movie for the first time. If you could have changed that movie's ending in any way, shape, and form, crazy as you want, regular as you want, what would you do? I think it really would have been great if the entire platoon had all died except for Joker. Because it really would have made an impact on the film and just kind of set it out there. like, mm. Or maybe even with him dying, like it really would have sent a message. Yeah, like, I could it's see all, that. It's all, you know, for nothing. Yeah. That's like how he's critiquing the war the mm. entire time. and that the Not that the ending was bad. It was actually better than I thought. No, like yeah. how I thought it would end. Just yeah. because they were all not, I don't know. It well, was your original ending had it all going to black. Instead, yeah. we have like, them have to kill the sniper who's killing their friends. Yeah, who is actually like a little girl or a young woman. Yeah, like yeah. that was pretty powerful. But yeah, at first I was just like, oh, this is really they're just being dumb, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to kill this like one person. Yeah, you know. So okay platoon dying or at least our main character dying patrick what you got i would have liked if joker was back in the states and people were asking him what was vietnam like oh and it's kind of just him sitting there and be like nom was nom you know he didn't give a yeah reason or any like backstory he just said nom was nom you know i was just over there doing journalism maybe over at a retirement Oh, man. Yeah. Give it like a notebook-esque ending. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a retirement home talking to somebody. He's like, how was, like interviewing mm-hmm. another war journalist person yeah. or something. That yeah. would be cool. Or maybe He's, even like him study up on PTSD or something like that. Because he obviously saw a lot yeah. of that. Better yeah. yet, him becoming like a psychiatrist for PTSD. Yeah, that could have been done. But yeah. Just something simple. I do like the Mickey Mouse song at the end. I think that's yeah. hilarious. It kind of. I swear, there's yeah. got to be a version of this movie where Disney was like, "You cut that scene out, or we will ruin you." Like, yeah. I can't believe they're okay with that being at the end of the movie, as powerful <laughs> as Disney has become. Thomas, what do you got? <sighs> well, we talked about it. <laughs> well, with that new Joker movie coming out, I think. Mine's a little bit more crazy because honestly, I can't come up. I think you guys are as far as legitimate endings for this movie go. I think both of you guys is, could beat anything I could come up with. But I think with that new Joker movie coming out, best scene would be all that shit happens at the end. He kills the sniper girl, and the whole time he's been doing that John Wayne joke, and he looks in the mirror and he puts on all that makeup. 
and he's just staring at himself in the mirror, looks at himself and says, is that you, John Wayne, or is that me? And then cut to black, and you cue Mark Hamill's Joker laugh, then paint it black happens. That's my ending for this movie. That'd be and interesting. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, that's your Joker origin story. And then uh, you just basically reshoot part of this movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <As> Joker. <laughs> well, that was Full Metal Jacket. If you guys had to give it a out of 10, where are we throwing it? Amber? I'd give it a 7.5 or 8 right. out right. of 10. Solid, solid. Patrick? I go 8.7 because I feel like with having Hartman in there, mm-hmm. they made those beginning scenes more realistic. And that's the part I, I think that, yeah. And that was like probably one of the better parts of the movie, I think. I constantly, like, it's my favorite part of the movie, but I keep, by the end of the movie, I keep forgetting that it happened. Yeah. And then I remember it, and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a great part of the movie. Yeah. Like, all of that. I think I would give this movie... I'd probably give it a solid 7 because there are, like, the disjointed bit and when i first yeah like i first watched this movie for the podcast and it was and maybe it's because we've been spoiled with these really pretty like so. war movies like <laughs> dunkirk and everything yeah. well i think it's also because all of those there's a plot you know like saving private ryan it's right yes. there in the title yeah. we're going to save private ryan all this shit's gonna happen along the way you know like tom hanks is gonna shoot a tank um that kind of thing mm-hmm. but this movie there's nothing actually happening that is a plot i mean i guess at the end you kind of have joker you know recording what's going on for the newspaper stuff but at outside of that there's nothing happening in this movie i'd probably keep the seven seven out of ten just because it did throw me off a little bit it didn't ruin the movie but it did make it a little tough to get like situated into it I yeah. think like like appealing it. to the characters because right. there was really we didn't know that much about them. To and be I mean honest. that's the point, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, but it does take a little bit away from like the modern viewer who's watched you know all these Marvel movies that revolve around like one person and you know every aspect of their lives, and now it's like here's a smattering of people. We're gonna kind of focus on one and a half yeah. of them, and then do your bit so yeah i think that'll leave it at seven out of ten yeah i think for me it was also different because i've been through the military Mm -hmm. and brag (laughs) some of those actions that we did during basic training (laughs) did happen yeah but um did you ever get gut checked no i I got yelled at a lot though because when we first got off the bus and that's when they do the yelling you know i yell in front of the drill sergeant's face and um he didn't take too kindly to that but yeah. Mm. It was what it was. And I think it depends on age, too, because I've known older people that were in the military, and it was probably more like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard some big problems in the past. I mean, I remember growing up when I was a kid, and you, there was like a huge scandal going around at the time of like basic training, boot camp stuff, where people were getting like killed or whatever because of hazing. It was, like, yeah. Sort of where a lot of this hazing stuff I remember started from. Mm-hmm. Well, I think all three of us at the very least can agree that we enjoyed this movie. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we strongly suggest you, you know, give us a rating when you can. Maybe follow us, like us on wherever 
pl- uh, podcasts are available. I think that'll do it for Full Metal Jacket. I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And I'm Patrick. And we will see you guys back when we get to the world.